0: This is The Friends of Israel Today. I'm Steve Conover. With me is our host and teacher, Chris Katulka. Today we are dedicating the entire show to our recent issue of Israel My Glory magazine, 50 Years and Counting the reunification of Jerusalem, and the importance of that great city. 2017 is a milestone year for Israel, and one being the 50-year anniversary of the reunification of the city of Jerusalem, when important biblical sites like the Temple Mount and the Western Wall, once under Jordanian control, were returned to the state of Israel. Get your copy of Israel My Glory to learn more about the biblical and political significance of modern Jerusalem. If you've never subscribed to Israel My Glory, I want to offer you a free one-year subscription to our award-winning magazine. Take this number down. It's 888-343-6940. 888-343-6940. You can also go to our website, foiradio.org. FOI, that stands for Friends of Israel, foiradio.org. If you missed that, don't worry, we'll repeat the information later in the program.
1: And as Steve mentioned, we're celebrating, along with Israel, the 50th anniversary of the reunification of their capital, Jerusalem, which God established more than 3,000 years ago, a capital that was chosen by King David and read about in newspaper headlines today. And in that 3,000 years, Jerusalem has been the target of a laundry list of enemies. Why? Why? Well, I believe it's a spiritual issue, so we're gonna dive in and look at the spiritual warfare over Jerusalem. And then Israeli journalist, Elliot Jager, will join us to chat about this 50-year anniversary, what it means politically for the Jewish state, and where it fits in with other historical milestones Israel's celebrating in 2017. But first, I want to share with you a moment that I had a few weeks ago when I had a chance to travel down to the Israeli embassy in Washington, D.C., to hear Israeli Ambassador Ron Dermer at a Christian Solidarity event. During his speech, Ambassador Dermer explained that our common love for the word of God binds the Jewish and Christian communities together in support for the state of Israel. And he encouraged the Christian community to continue investing in teaching the word of God, saying this, the stronger the Christian identity, the stronger the support for the state of Israel. Ambassador Dermer's words are a challenge to me, and I hope a challenge to you, to make sure that we're investing in our children's Christian identity by teaching them the scriptures. Let's pray the next generation matures with a biblical worldview. The value of a city is typically judged by the size of its skyscrapers or the architecture of its buildings. But you know, Jerusalem isn't like any other city. Uh, There's a unique relationship between God, the Jewish people, and the city of Jerusalem. The God of peace chose Jerusalem, which is also known as the city of peace, as the place where the tribes of Israel were called to go up to praise his name. And what makes Jerusalem so special wasn't the size of its skyscrapers, but the value of the one who chose to dwell there, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And today, Jerusalem remains embedded in the spiritual fabric of the Jewish community. You know, prayers like the Amidah, which, which had been recited three times a day for nearly two millennia, recall the link between God's faithfulness and the hope of rebuilding their beloved city. And the phrase, you might have heard this one before, next year in Jerusalem, recited at the end of Passover in Yom Kippur, is an idiom of anticipation as Jewry wait expectantly for what God will do in the city that he loves. Jerusalem and the Jewish people are bound together by God who placed his name there. Yet there are certain forces at work deconstructing this special relationship with the sole purpose of delegitimizing Israel's presence in their eternal capital. The lies and hatred spewed today perpetuate the theory that the Jewish people have no place in Jerusalem. You know, it's hard to imagine, but at the end of 2016 and just recently in 2017, UNESCO, which is the educational, scientific and cultural branch of the United Nations, voted in favor of a resolution called Occupied Palestine, which was designed to protect Palestinian culture in East Jerusalem. And you know what? That's not a problem. That's okay uh, to, to, to protect Palestinian culture. But at their request to preserve Palestinian culture, they sacrificed the Jewish connection to Jerusalem by labeling holy sites solely by their Islamic name. The approval of this controversial resolution made international news, and even the United Nations Secretary General Ban Ki-moon spoke out against this divisive wording that robbed Jerusalem of its Jewish identity. You know, there's nothing new under the sun here. This isn't the first or last time nations will attempt to separate what God has knit together. The ugly narrative of defrauding the Jewish people of their unique historical connection to Jerusalem doesn't originate with Israel's reunification of Jerusalem in 1967, as many would have you believe. Instead, it's an age-old tale that's been unfolding for millennia. Kingdoms and empires of the past are guilty of the same crime perpetuated by the United Nations, who also engaged in the effort to erase Jerusalem of its Jewish identity. Just think about this, in 167 BC, the Greek ruler Antiochus Epiphany sought to hollow out the Jews by dismantling Judaism from the inside out. His anti-Semitic mission started by outlawing Jewish traditions and rites like reading the Torah or circumcision and honoring the Sabbath. And he eventually struck at the heart of Judaism, turning Jerusalem into a Greek colony and the temple into a place of pagan worship. The total Hellenization of Jerusalem, however, found its demise when God raised up Judas Maccabeus to fight against the forces attempting to separate the Jewish people from Jerusalem. And even a few centuries later, Roman Emperor Hadrian tried to rewrite Jewish history by renaming Israel and Jerusalem. After fighting to quell a massive Jewish uprising led by Simon Bar Kokhba, a a messianic figure who fought for the independent Jewish state and a liberated Jerusalem, Hadrian managed to stamp out every last bit of Jewish identity in Jerusalem. This is around 135 A.D. And his anger, Hadrian's anger, led him to replace the name Israel with Palestine and gave the Jewish city a new Roman name, Alia Capitolina. And that name would remain until the Arabs took control of it in 638 A.D., you know the forces attempting to separate God the Jewish people and Jerusalem it's an ongoing affair and by now you would think this issue would have been fixed especially with the vast amounts of empirical data that we have that proves the Jewish people have had a long enduring relationship with the ancient city of Jerusalem by now you might think that the powers that be would acknowledge the countless written and archaeological records connecting the Jew to Jerusalem Yet, even in our advanced and modern era, the issue of who has the rightful claim to the sacred city remains highly disputed. And my friends, this is why this issue of Israel, my glory is so important because we don't look at the reunification of Jerusalem as something to mourn over, but we look at it as a celebration because we believe God established this city. But because God is a part of this equation, is also the same reason the Jewish people need to defend their historical proven heritage in Jerusalem. Because, see, sometimes we have to look at things a little differently. And Jerusalem reaches well beyond the realm of the seen and enters into the realm of the unseen. To understand why Jerusalem has been at the center of timeless debate, one must look beyond the empirical world into the spiritual one. Jerusalem has been under spiritual warfare since King David established it. Spiritual warfare, simply put, is this. It's a battle between good and evil. God represents all that is holy, good, right, and decent, while Satan, who embodies evil, works tirelessly against God's sovereign plan. Paul says this, for we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. All of the lies and hate and darkness and death and war that we see and read happening all around the world, my friends, it's an outworking of a greater battle between God and Satan, between good and evil. And the spiritual warfare over Jerusalem is just another manifestation of Satan's attempt to thwart God's plan of redemption for all of his creation. Because at the heart of God's plan is the end of sin, death. And Satan, once for all. And Satan is gripped with fear. And so what does he do? He invests his energy in attacking what God considers valuable to his purposes. And Jerusalem is at the top of that list. It's important to know that Jerusalem still plays a vital role in God's design to make all things new. God gave the prophet Micah, I want you to go back here to Micah here, Micah chapter 4, a vision for the future of Jerusalem. The vision of Jerusalem that was more than just a capital of the state of Israel. See, Micah's vision saw Jerusalem lifted up above every city, a beacon of light that would one day be the global epicenter of the world, when God would reign over all of his creation, And Micah writes this, Now it shall come to pass in the latter days, many nations shall come and say, Come, let us go up to the mountain of the Lord, to the house of the God of Jacob, and he will teach us his ways, and we shall walk in his paths. For out of Zion the law shall go forth, and the word of the Lord from Jerusalem. That's Micah chapter 4 verse 2. Satan believes, think about this, Satan believes that if he can disrupt God's role for Jerusalem, the city of peace, then he can obstruct God's plan to bring everlasting peace on earth through his son, Jesus the Messiah. And Micah's vision suggests God had reclaimed the dominion over the earth. Jesus the Messiah is on his throne and Satan's corrupt rule has been put to an end. Truth, justice, and peace will stream from the temple, which is in Jerusalem, as God's righteous and perfect laws go into all the world as a light and a guide to all the nations. But today, deception is Satan's tool to manipulate the world into thinking Jerusalem no longer has a place in God's plan. Raise it. Raise it to its very foundation, has been the cry of many leaders who have been deceived in the past. Today's lies are somewhat more sophisticated. They come in the form of newspaper headlines and bad resolutions. When David wrote this, everybody, pray for the peace of Jerusalem, his request was a multidimensional one. By praying for the peace of Jerusalem, we're asking for God's victory over the seen and unseen battles of good and evil waging over Jerusalem. And victory will only be realized when Jesus returns. But as we wait eagerly, as we await his coming, every time we pray for the peace of Jerusalem, let's boldly add to our prayer the Christian anthem, Come, Lord Jesus, come.
0: If you're familiar with our ministry, you know that we emphasize the need for solid biblical teaching and accurate analysis on the news of the day. One of the best resources for great biblical teaching that I know is the Friends of Israel's magazine, Israel, My Glory. Chris, some may not realize that Israel, My Glory has been around since 1942 and has well over 150,000 subscribers.
1: Yeah, I'll tell you, I travel the country speaking in churches, churches in big cities and small rural towns. And no matter where I go, I always meet people who read our magazine and trust it as a resource for Middle East news and great biblical teaching.
0: To order your free one-year trial subscription to Israel My Glory magazine, visit foiradio.org. Again, that's foiradio.org.
1: Today is our Israel My Glory in-depth program where we're taking a look at our recent issue of our Israel My Glory magazine, and this is such an amazing issue uh, because it's dealing with something that's very timely and pertinent to not only uh, us who care about Israel, but to events that are happening in Israel right now because uh, this month and next month mark the 50th anniversary of of the reunification of the city of Jerusalem, when really the West Jerusalem and East Jerusalem that were once divided were reunified under the the, the uh, sovereignty under the leadership of the State of Israel, and that's why I couldn't uh, I couldn't contain myself. I needed to get my dear friend Elliot Jagger, who is an American-born Israeli journalist, political scientist, and author, uh, who lives in Jerusalem, and he wrote uh, a piece for this. Our recent issue called 50 Years Later. Elliot, great to have you on the program, my friend.
2: Chris, it's wonderful to be with you, and thank you very much for this opportunity to talk about uh, the article and about, uh, about the
1: war. We're going to get to this in a moment, but this is a milestone year, as you wrote it in your article. And one of the milestones is that it's been 50 years since the reunification of the city of Jerusalem. Can you walk us through just briefly, uh, give us a history of how Israel was able to take back those important biblical sites, those important elements of Jerusalem, East Jerusalem. Can you walk us through that? Well, I
2: think the first thing listeners need to understand is the notion of East Jerusalem and West Jerusalem. They're misnomers um, because... uh, the truth of the matter is that uh, Jerusalem is a, uh, a city on hills, and it is embedded in uh, what is Judea and Samaria, the West Bank, so that north of Jerusalem is Samaria, and south of Jerusalem is Judea. And therefore, um, when people talk about east and west Jerusalem, when the War of Independence ended with an armistice line, the armistice line uh, left part of Jerusalem, Part of North Jerusalem, part of East Jerusalem, part of South Jerusalem, in Jordanian hands. So when the '67 war broke out, um, Israel was able, at great cost, at great uh, uh, human cost, to recapture uh, and, and not only uh, the north, the east and the south of Jerusalem, uh, but the entire Judean Samaria. So I think folks need to understand that uh, they hear a lot of stuff about East Jerusalem, and people capitalize the E and, and talk about occupied East Jerusalem. And I think they really need to understand, um, you know, sort of the, a little bit of the topography of the city built on hills.
1: Right. And it's not literally I mean, really, the only thing that separated East Jerusalem from West Jerusalem is a little street uh, that was once called no man's land. But uh, but now after the 67 war, you know, really, the odds were completely against Israel. We're talking about Lebanon, Syria. Uh, Jordan and Egypt who were completely uh you, you know ready to push Israel into the sea and uh as the world watched they fell into surprise to see that Israel came out not only surviving but capturing uh, m- much of the land around them, Sinai, the West Bank, and the Golan Heights. So uh, was that a surprise to a lot of Israelis as well, to see that they were able to take that much land and to defeat their enemies? Were Were Israelis surprised as much as the rest of the world was?
2: The Israelis that I spoke to were definitely surprised. The, the Israelis that I interviewed for this article and other people I've talked to were definitely surprised. You know, Chris, uh, it's this is hard to believe, but... But before the war broke out, and there was a period of time called the waiting period before the war actually erupted, and Israelis were hearing, uh, in Hebrew, uh, Cairo radio broadcasting, and, and they were being told that they would be driven into the sea, they would be destroyed, that they, everything was, that they were finished. Uh, and they were listening to this, and to the point where, um, on the Sabbath, um, uh, ultra-Orthodox uh, people on the Sabbath, were digging graves because they wanted to have contingency for a mass burials because of the onslaught that was expected. No, so there, I have to tell you that that not only wasn't the victory anticipated, but it was it was a moment, it was a period uh, frozen in in the minds of of people who lived through it that they didn't know what would happen at all, and and they were. Right. Uh, so, so, you know, and of course, we didn't call it the six day war before it broke out. Yeah, uh, <laughs> that's a good question. You weren't that like, prophetic, like, you know, were you? Right, right. People, people during the First World War didn't call it the First World War. We didn't know that is, Israelis uh, at the time had no idea that the war how the war would go. They they only had trepidation.
1: Right. Now, you know, in your article, you write this. You said that Israel hoped that the 67 war would be its last and that peace would prevail. Uh, but that's not been the case. And, you know, one of the questions that I have for you is, you know, this idea of land for peace. You know, everyone is looking at Israel and saying if you just give back East Jerusalem, if you just stop building in East Jerusalem, if you just stop do, you know, and give back the land to the Palestinians, uh that there will finally be peace. This is the issue. Is it the issue, Elliot? Is is this really the problem, uh East Jerusalem and giving back the land?
2: Chris, I really wish that was it was as simple as that because then you can cut a deal and and all would be well and and everyone could uh, relax and put their weapons down. Um, first of all, there's no giving back because uh, the Palestinian Arabs never held sovereignty over any part of the land of Israel.
0: That is
1: so important, Elliot, because that that just goes to show it's not their land. To, it's not their land to, uh, to take. It, it's actually Israel's land to give. That's a different way to look at it, right?
2: That's a, it's a, it's definitely a different way of looking at it. And, and, you know, you can keep hearing the same thing about occupied and East and settlements, and, and it's very easy. You know, one of the reasons, Chris, why I think it's important that you and I talk and people read the article is because there are generations of young people who are born who know not the past. You know, the, the Bible talks about a new king arose in Egypt who knew not Joseph. And, 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 and this is exactly one of those situations where, so many people come into this movie already in progress. They have no idea that that the reason Jerusalem was divided was not because of some sort of agreement, but because that's that happens to be where the armistice lines were were, uh, were were drawn. There was no there was no sense that those armistice lines would one day turn into borders. On the contrary, the Arabs said all along that they intended to destroy Israel. Uh, so so that's one important point the the other important point about building within so-called east jerusalem meaning in all of the parts of jerusalem that were captured in the 67 war these now are part of metropolitan jerusalem and any visitor to israel and to jerusalem would be hard pressed to figure out where the old armistice lines were the city is now integrated and and interlinked uh and, and so when people talk about building in, you know, there's a there's a neighborhood called Gilo, there's an, all sorts of different neighborhoods of Jerusalem, and they're talking about these neighborhoods with which which have you know, kind of high-rise buildings and parks, and, and they're talking about them as if as if you know um, they were some sort of outpost, uh, you know, in the Wild West, but but they're they're beautiful neighborhoods in metropolitan Jerusalem and in Jerusalem proper, so. Yeah, just the idea that you pick on this one thing about building in Jerusalem, that's a, that's a non-starter. When I hear someone talk about, you've got to stop building in Jerusalem, I realize they really don't have a clue, right. Chris. They have no clue, and there's no real point in engaging someone who really has no idea what they're talking about.
1: Folks, I want you to pick up your recent issue of Israel, My Glory. You can do that for free. You get a one-year free subscription just by going to FOIRadio.org. You can read Elliot's article in there 50 years later, looking at the, the, the last 50 years, really, of what's been happening to those lands that were captured by Israel uh, from the Sinai all the way up to the West Bank and the Golan Heights. I want to encourage you to follow Elliot on Twitter at Jagerfile. Elliot, thank you so much for being with us and taking the time out of your day to enlighten us about uh, really what's happening and how Israel is celebrating uh, the reunification, the 50 years of the reunification of Jerusalem.
2: My pleasure. Shalom from Jerusalem.
0: Our thanks to Elliot Jagger for joining us today. And a quick reminder, once again, you can receive Israel My Glory magazine at no cost for a full year if you've never subscribed. Visit foiradio.org to learn more. That's foiradio.org. Call our listener line at 888-343-6940. Again, that's 888-343-6940. The Friends of Israel Today is a production of the Friends of Israel Gospel Ministry. We are a worldwide Christian ministry communicating biblical truth about Israel and the Messiah while fostering solidarity with the Jewish people.